Welcome to the China Jedi Podcast. Shining humor, love, and light on Chinese life. For those living, working, or traveling in China, or interested in learning about Chinese culture, expat life, and foreigners' perceptions. May the smile be with you. My eyes are clear, clear than the mist in the cloudy morning. China Jedi legal disclaimer. Please listen carefully. What you hear on this pod may or not be the truth. May or not be funny, rude, or downright stupid. If statements are made by certain individuals from the human race that go against your preconceptions, conceptions, false conceptions, and selections, faith, tastes, or personal philosophies, please take it with a light-hearted sigh and slight shrug of the shoulder. Hold your head up high, knowing that you are a better person than they are, and that one day the force will strike down on them with great vengeance of furious laughter and unconditional frivolous forgiveness. Ding ba dong, you got it all wrong. The things that I've been saying, you've been listening to the wrong side. Hello, listeners, and welcome to the China Jedi Podcast, episode twenty-nine. We are recording live from Huafa sixty-eight city about the beautiful. Okay, we can do that again. No problem. Hello, listeners, and welcome to the China Jedi Podcast, episode twenty-nine. We are recording live from Huafa 68 City about the beautiful. Hello, listener, and welcome to the China Jedi Podcast, episode 29. We are recording live from the Huafa 68 City above the beautiful Pagoda Lake on a Sunday morning, not too late. Situated in the heart of Zhuhai City, mainland China, nestled between Hong Kong and Macau. Perfect, perfect weather, and a perfect time for another podcast. I am, as always, your host, Chris J. Bradshaw, and in the studio with me today, as my co-host, none other than it's William Lamont here. Hi. Yeah, Will, nice to see you again, Will. And、um, if my voice actually sounds a bit croaky today, Will,、uh, for you and the listeners, it's because last night was a bit of a late one, playing、uh, for the Sunnyat Sens in the、nice. local in the local venue, which was great. But of course, as always, you get back in a little bit late. After a few beers, get a bit croaky. So sorry about that. Anyway,、um, moving on to brighter things, we have, of course, another special guest in the studio today, all the way from uh, Italy.、Um, he arrived perfectly on time. Hint, hint. <laughs> tick, tick. And、uh, please introduce yourself. None other than I'm、uh, Anastasi Barcello from Milan, Italy. From Milan in Italy, and it's lovely to have you on the Channel Jedi podcast, Marcello. My pleasure. Yeah. So、um, the first thing we like to ask our special guests is, of course, what brought you to the great、um, country of China? Because I know you're based in Zhuhai now, but you weren't before. So please, just for our listeners, tell us、uh, what was the story that brought you to China, and when, and yeah, why?、Uh, basically, I come to China because. Uh, Uh, when I was young, I liked China because in Italy it's very famous the Bruce Lee movie. <laughs> yeah, yes. and、uh, and I want to change my life. I need to pick up a country. I pick up China. I buy a ticket one night.、Uh, I come to Beijing for、uh, a month. Come back to Italy. I like very much. I sell my car. I sell my home, and I come here. Good story. Alone,、like、without、it. nothing, without job, without、uh, anything. It's a mad story. Yeah, <laughs> you just. <laughs> It's easier to do back then. Now the restrictions on getting in without a job—it's crazy.、So. Mm. No, because in the beginning I get my visa, yeah, and it was、uh, for one month. Okay. Then、uh, every time I go to Hong Kong and I get three months visa. Right. 
at that time it was much easier mm. because it was uh, 14 years ago. Mm. So uh, I need to do my daily life, I start to meet people and I start to spend all the money I have from my car, my house, in parties. <laughs> Every night was parties. Because uh, <laughs> Milan, for me, was very boring at the time. Really? But right. China gets so exciting here. It's something like uh, every day was weekend. Friends call you 2 o'clock in the night, uh, come out, we go to KTV. But then, at one point, I realized I finished all my money. I have a week where I stay with five miles all week. Wow. wow. Then I, I think I have to do something. So I start to search what I can do, what I can sell from China to Italy or wherever. And I start to search, I start to sell DVD on eBay, DVD box. Beatles DVD box, uh, Michael Jackson DVD box, many collectors buy. <laughs> then I start to sell... Some shop contacted me and buy CD and DVD from me and the ship big box. Wow. Then I start to work with uh, clothes. People produce clothes. I opened three clothes shop in, then in, Be in Beijing. Really? Yeah, after I started to work with people for clothes, produce clothes, I opened three clothes shop in Beijing. And then I moved to Zhuhai. That's an entrepreneur, entrepreneur yeah. right there. Yeah. I mean, just quickly going back 14 years ago, you're in Italy, in Milan. Yeah. You, you don't know what to do with your life. Yes, why China? I, why China, though? What was the reason? You just saw a picture of it? Or, oh, the Bruce Lee movie, yeah? Yeah, no, okay, but also I always think I like the Chinese people. Okay. Like, uh, uh, from uh, my thinking, uh, Chinese people are good, uh, uh, the sense of honor, uh, I mean, this is what I see from the movies, mm -hmm. and the Chinese girl are beautiful, I always think, uh, okay, I, I like, like how you left, left that to last, <laughs> yeah, that wasn't top priority. Um, so, okay, so you go to Beijing, you open up clothes shops, selling DVDs and whatever, what brought you to Zhuhai then? Yeah, because I started to play poker, because uh, I oh, get a passion yes. for the poker. <laughs> Strip uh, poker? No. Poker, uh, <laughs> Texas Hold'em. Oh, Texas Hold'em. Yes, and then uh, I, I meet a guy who was a German guy and was a poker coach. And he teach me to play poker and he was living in Beijing as well. And then he decided to move to Zhuhai because it's near Macau. So I followed his family because his family moved, my family moved. Uh -huh. uh, so we are friends, uh, we move everybody to Zhuhai and uh, now I'm here. Now actually, uh -huh. now he's living, yeah, he's, long time he's, uh, he's left, he's in German. But uh, still stay here because Chuai is very beautiful and uh, look like every day you are in holiday. <laughs> that, that's very true. Mm -hmm. um, so, okay, going back now, mention family. Of course, you have a wife. Yes. Yeah, Chinese wife, Kitty, yeah. and, and, a, and a daughter. Yes. Yeah. Eight years old now. Lovely. And, and you met your wife in Beijing or Zhuhai? In Beijing. Yeah, in Beijing. And she was happy to move down to Zhuhai. Yeah, yeah. Because also, Beijing, uh, the weather is uh, always very cold or very hot. The pollution, there is a lot of pollution. I still remember a friend from Italy come the first time I arrived in Beijing and say, but here the trees are brown, they're not brown. <laughs> yeah. It's the autumn. What? Yeah. <laughs> in February? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, then, uh, even we have a children little, it was much better move to Zhuhai because better, we better weather for also for the children. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Good choice. Yes, uh, a really interesting story, and I, I think probably a good question to ask is, now we live next to Macau, big casinos, lots of poker um, being played, you know, is your full-time job, are you a poker addict and expert now, is that what you do? No, I'm not anymore, I mean, uh, I was poker coach, <laughs> poker player, play around uh, in the world, even live, uh, 
but uh, yeah, now, serious, yeah. now yeah and now I'm uh, chef <laughs> Uh, it just doesn't stop, does it? No. It changes, it's yeah. brilliant, like a challenge. I'm, uh, I'm a Gemini. <laughs> I'm a Gemini Zodiac, a mix oh, of very creative. A Gemini. Uh, go, yeah. uh, I'm a painter. I have in Beijing, I have a lot of exhibition. Wow. I'm, uh, I, I did a many advertising move in Beijing. Uh, you did, I've seen you at Braveheart, weren't you? Yes. Freedom! Yeah, it's brilliant. It's on, it's on YouTube. Oh, really? Uh, if we could show it now, I'd show it. No, it wasn't a podcast. <laughs> and... Uh, a lot of things uh, I like to always do in doing doing my mind always uh, think uh, sometimes I don't sleep in the night because my mind always thinking of a project have ideas wow. uh, so. yeah well I've been lucky to have gone to Marcello's house mm -hmm. um, before and he has a uh, if you don't mind me saying it's quite fantastic a whole room dedicated to his I would not addiction but hobby um, it's a bit of an addiction, I guess. He basically has a room dedicated to antique toys. Yeah. Oh. Like cabinets. Amazing. Yeah. yeah. But you can't, like, my son went in, he's like, oh, he wants to touch them all. No, you can't, <laughs> you can't play with them. Yeah. You're not allowed. Um, you just look at them. Yeah? I understand them all. Yeah, yeah they are display, and uh, it's a kind of museum. Uh, yeah. Over 400 pieces of uh, all the Japanese toys. Wow. <laughs> so the, cool. the, 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 some uh, European people... Uh, British, German, French, probably they know what I talk about when I talk about uh, uh, Grandizer, Goldrake, or Masters, Imen, or uh, Mazinga, this kind of toys. Uh, so I have uh, all with the home box, uh, all in perfect condition, like the new, even they are toys from uh, 40, 40 years ago. And uh, of course, they're in their box, so they yeah, haven't yeah. been, and that's what makes them. They have a pretty much high value. Very cool. Yeah. You're very, very cool. Um, yeah, I thought you'd like that, Will. Yeah, I might have to pay a visit sometime. You're not allowed to touch there. No, that's are, fine. Are you allowed to take photos in the museum? Or? <laughs> of course. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. Now, so what are you doing now? You said chef. Yes. So, just quickly, chef in your own restaurant? Yes, I have uh, two restaurants actually. One is uh, Gastro Pub and Grill, another is uh, Coffee and Pasta. Uh, and uh, yeah, I am the chef on, and the co-owner together with my good friend uh, Sean Moran. Okay. And uh, that's my big passion. For many years I have uh, this idea mm. when I open restaurant because in Italy my family, my uncle have a restaurant. I work uh, there uh, when I was young. I really love cook. I really love cook for my friends when they come to my home. So mm -hmm. I opened this restaurant because I wish the people try my food and like my food. I don't do this for money. I do this because I want to cook for the people. Wonderful. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah wonderful. Yeah. And flip into another subject. Being in China for so long now, if someone was to come to China, where is a good place you would recommend uh, to go in China? I know that's a massive question, but what's your favorite place that you would tell someone to check out but like a city anything that you you know because uh, now I live in Zhuhai and I love Zhuhai I, I can't say, say Zhuhai I can, yeah I cannot say Zhuhai of course but uh, okay I can tell you when I arrive in China I go to Shanghai okay I stay there one week and then I move because uh, my idea of China was totally different right. was a temple was uh, more uh, a, a country with uh, more uh, ancient roots. Mm. And Zhuhai for me was too, uh, sorry, Shanghai for me was too modern. Right. Right. I feel like I'm in Europe. So, uh, yeah. so Beijing definitely is a city where maybe 
you should be go you should go visit some uh, small hutong some more small area very traditional that house uh, with a round door uh, they are really beautiful yeah. Yeah, I said Beijing, yeah. I'd have to agree, yeah. And say Beijing, but don't leave there too long because it's too cold in winter and too hot in summer. <laughs> Just over. for small visitors, very beautiful place yeah. to be. I bet you had to wear a hat in Beijing in the winter. There is a story, if I can tell you. When I arrived in Beijing, it was, was very, very cold. And the, but at the time, I have the hair. Now, people <laughs> cannot, cannot see me. Now, I don't have hair at the time I have. And uh, it was very cold, the wind. I remember it was something minus 20, something like mm. that. And I feel very pain in my head every day. So, uh, because I'm not habit. Then I go to the doctor in the hospital, and yeah. the doctor starts to give me neck massage. Yeah. And then when he finished, he say, now you're okay? And I say, uh, no, I still have a pain, but my neck very good. <laughs> basically, this is, uh, is the concept uh, for me behind uh, the Chinese medicine. Yeah, like, right. uh, it's something like if you go to pharmacy, hey, I have a small pain here. And they will try to sell you 20 different medicines, right. which you have to take uh, with a full hand of pills every time. Yeah. Because in Italy, I have one pain, I take one pill. Yeah, yeah, Done. Yeah. Here I have to take five of these, seven of these, <laughs> something like this. So... Which is the case, want to work? <laughs> it was a bit strange. The massage was the most strange things because I have pain here in the head and being massage in the neck. Probably there is some connection. Of course, yeah. must say. Okay. okay, thank you for that. So, um, hats off and let's move on to the next section. Sunday morning question of the week. Sunday morning. Sunday morning question of the week then. A uh, question pitted to you by our researchers. Uh, through the glass windows and the Sunday morning question of the week is this what you can begin Marcello what's your favorite type of cuisine other than that of your own country yeah so what's your favorite type of cuisine other than that of your own country so of course you've been Italian you can't say Italian yes um yeah what's uh what licks your lips? Uh, this is, uh, is hard because uh, is, for me it's a close fight between Mexican and Indian. Ooh. I really love them. I love the curry. Even I don't have too much chance to go to eat uh, in uh, other places. Mm. But uh, between Mexican and India, I really don't know which one I prefer. But sometimes really I, wanna I wish to eat curry. So probably Indian. Hmm. Okay. Indian. Like that. Yeah. Well, uh, for me, yeah, it's also a close tie between... Um, Mexican and Japanese food, so but uh, I'd have to go Mexican to be honest. Okay, uh, that's the thing that I that I miss the most. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Mexicans, so you can really fill yourself out of Mexican oh, yes. food. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. Can. yeah. A lot of obesity in Mexico, of course. Well, yeah, that's that's. There's various reasons for that, but yes, um, yeah. But the, food is a lot of the reason, though. Isn't it? Yeah, it is. Uh, I think a lot of that is the influence from outside. They get a lot of the cheaper American foods down there now, um, mm. but uh, yeah, the 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 more traditional Mexican food is it sh it can be very good for you, but yeah, it's all about well, you know, being it's a health guy. It's all about tasty though, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. To be fair, so. okay, Indian Mexican. Oh, of course, I can't go for British food because <laughs> I'm. There is some food in British. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, of course, uh, you're... Fish and chips. Yeah, <laughs> fish and chips. Yeah, very good. It's also a lot more. As I always say to my friends, if you go to England uh, and take 
an English person, uh, they can really show you some amazing mm. ancient culture dishes. Well, best gastronomy. curry I've ever had in my life was in <laughs> England and London. So, yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, it says the most popular takeaway dish uh, yeah. in England is chicken oh, tikka masala. Well, there you go. We really like Indian food. And I would actually say Indian food... So again, for me, it's a fight between Indian food and Japanese food. I like you, Will. My wife's yeah. Japanese. I love Japanese okay. food. I really do love it. Mm. Um, so I think... For the health benefits, I'm going to go with Japanese. If I had to just stick to one, uh, okay. Japanese cuisine. But definitely Indian curry. I'd love an Indian curry now. Mm. Well, if we weren't so okay. busy, maybe no. we could go <laughs> after the pod. hungry. Do you do Indian food in your place? No. No. It's Italian, huh? It's not. Uh, my partners say we are not Italian restaurants. You do British food? Mm. No, really. We are, we are gastropub. So as uh, every gastropub, right. uh, we are more... Uh, uh, open to different, uh, let's say 80% is Italian food uh, and then we have some uh, Middle East influence because we have a hummus baba ganoush uh, and uh, we have uh, even uh, a Brazilian dish, bacalhau hunatas. Oh. Nice. It's cod fish uh, with the milk and the potato with the cream and potato. So some influence here and there to complete our menu, mm-hmm. okay. but not curry. Lovely. Well, we'll talk more about that later. Mm. Uh, maybe you could put a chicken tikka masala in there for me. Anyway, um, hey, Will, time for Guess Who. We've got to remember. Guess Who then? Um, you know how this works, Guess Who? I... Uh, no, because... Uh, uh, you don't listen to the show? I listen, actually, I listen to Thomas Siller's show, which is a good friend. Okay. Well... The guess who is, uh, <laughs> normally we don't allow anyone on here who doesn't listen to the show, apparently I've been told. Uh, uh, telling me to carry on, so okay, I'll carry on. Um, Marcello, uh, what I'm going to do is give you some clues of a famous Chinese person, and you and Will um, are going to try and work out who that is. Okay. Okay, marvellous. So, your first clue is thus. Our guess who was born in 372 BC, which is the year of the rooster, my year. My and year yours? Too. There yep. you go. Cockadoodle-loo. Yes, mm. I am. <laughs> in the state of Zhou, which at present is a developing territory of the country level of Zhoucheng, Shandong province, just 30 kilometres south of Chufu, which of course is the birthplace of Confucius. Mm. He belonged, I guess, to the family of Meng or Meng-Sun clan, which was among the ruling families of the region. No information, unfortunately, is available on his early life. I don't know how they knew that. Um, although similar to Confucius, his father probably had died when he was quite young. Therefore, he was brought up by his mother, who apparently, and again, I don't know how they knew that, didn't know anything about his early life, uh, did not remarry for the rest of her life. Mm. Okay. Take whatever we say on this podcast, tongue-in-cheek. Yeah. <laughs> um, our guest who was an itinerant Chinese philosopher and sage and one of the principal interpreters of Confucianism. Supposedly, he was a pupil of Confucius's grandson, Zerzi, or Zerzi. Like Confucius, according to legend, he travelled through China for 40 years to offer advice to rulers for reform. During the Warring States period, he served as an official and scholar at the Jixia Academy in the state of Qi. He expressed his filial devotion when he took three years' leave of absence from his official posts and duties to mourn his mother's death. Hmm. Disappointed at his failure to effect changes in his contemporary world, he retired from public life. He died in around 289 BC at the age of about 83. Good innings for those time of the... I guess, good innings, 83. And was interred in the town of Zhou, south of the town of Chufu, which of course I've just said in Shandong. Interred meaning uh, buried. uh, uh, Yeah, 
laid to rest in turn. Right. Now, while Confucius himself did not explicitly focus on the subject of human nature, Marcello, our guess who asserted the innate goodness of the individual, believing that it was society's influence, its lack of a positive cultivated influence that caused bad moral character. Yeah, so it's really um, nature over nurture, or nature and nurture. Mm. Be quiet, Chris. Uh, some of his famous quotes, he who exerts his mind to the utmost knows his nature. And the way of learning is none other than finding the lost mind. Deep. Hey, it gets deeper, but not yet. Any ideas? Okay, first I have a question. Can I ask her? In the past 28 episodes, how is the percentage of the people get uh, the right answer <laughs> on the who? Hang on. Who? Okay, good question. <laughs> no yeah. more guest questions. No, no more it, guest questions. The answer is coming through from the research. The answer is listen to all of the 28 episodes and then you can answer your own question. Excellent. Let's move on. We'll get back to this later. Time for Dway the Dway. Because this is just the way it's meant to be. Dway the Dway then. False, not false. Um, I will give you a fact. Mm -hmm. And you will work out if it's true or not true. You have to work together okay. Uh, okay. for this. You're, you're in the same team. Um, mm. Good luck, Will. Mm. Here we go. Dway, dway. China apparently uses 90 billion pairs of chopsticks a year. China uses apparently 90 billion pairs of chopsticks a year. True or false? Discuss that. I have to hand it over to the restaurant. True. <laughs> yeah. Do you think it's greater than that, or is it less than that? 90 billion is a lot. That's it a is. Lot. But think about the rate that they throw them away, too. Mm. How many did you go for a day? A day? Well, we, we have pairs that we wash, but if we have takeaways, they always throw in like at least one pair. So That's true. Yeah, yeah generally. More. Yeah. You use chopsticks at your restaurant? No. Are you anti-chopsticks? Mm, just at home. Uh, yeah, at home. Yeah, uh, we use at home. Recycle them like well? No, they won't wash. At home, uh, mm, we use the one for wash. Yes, yeah, you use, yeah, yeah. yeah. okay, so yeah. you recycle them, yeah. Okay. Hmm. Um, pretty bad for the environment, isn't it? A lot of people say. Well, I guess they're, them away. they're bamboo. Well, if, if we're using bamboo ones, then that's quite good for the environment, really. It's... It's great. But if we're chucking them away and not reusing them, then we're wasting a lot more bamboo. That yeah. would get be the point, wouldn't it? Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm just going for the, from the idea that of bamboo being such a, a great carbon sequester and grabs carbon. Well, then there is that, out. yeah. So. But, but these wooden ones, you would think it'd be nice if they recycled them, but then would you really want to be eating someone else's? Well, yeah, that's the thing, isn't it? I mean, I guess you could recycle them into toothpicks, right? <laughs> Yes, or splints for rather small people. Right, yeah, yeah. Uh, nose pickers, they're pretty good for that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. If you're on your own. Something else you could use them for as well. <laughs> anyway, holes apart. Um, but, you know, some restaurants, they have the wooden chopstick, and yeah. they do recycle them, they wash them, and they come yeah. back out. Yeah. But some restaurants some use those have plastic ones. the plastic one. Yeah. yeah. I actually like those. I like the feeling of them. They're a lot smaller. That's interesting, yeah. Yeah, I quite like them more than the bigger ones. I hate the metal ones that you get in the Korean restaurants. Yeah, no, I've never been able to use those. So yeah, what do we think? <laughs> what do we think? Is it 90 billion is too, too large a number? Okay, or is let, that let's, right? let's, how many Chinese people? How many is the population? Well, there you six, go. Six million? No. Oh. No. 
Six million. How long have you been? How long have you been in China? How many coffees have you had? Come on, how many? How many billions of people are in China? Three point five billion though. So nine. No, 1.4 billion. <laughs> so nine, uh, nine billion means uh, uh, six, five times uh, more or less of the, the population. Oh. Is it, this is 90, yeah, okay. 90 so, billion? Yeah. Oh no, so can be true. Yeah, I think it's yeah, true too. Yeah. Reasonable. Yeah, okay, it's, it's true, we agree. Yes, true. We're going with this, yeah? Mm. You sure? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. Not leaving you into anything, yeah? Mm. Yeah, okay. Here we go then. So, um, dway dway, it, <laughs> China apparently, listeners, uses 90 billion pairs of chopsticks a year. Um, our guest today and Will said true. The answer is it's false. <laughs> yeah, absolutely false. Okay. Two out of three. Ain't bad. So here we go. It's actually uh, per year the Chinese go through 45 billion Whoa. a year. So actually 50 percent less. Wait, 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 wait. Were you talking no waiting, about pairs of chopsticks or singular chopsticks? Because then we'd be right if it was singular. <laughs> yeah. right? Pairs. Pairs, well. Pairs. Yes, pairs. But, but a good one. I, I like that. Very nice. Um, that is an unremarkable average of two or three pairs a month for its approaching 1.4 billion population. Wow. And the government actually apparently has imposed a disposable chopstick tax to reduce usage. Which... I didn't, I didn't. Wait, I didn't know. okay, yeah. that should have been the Dwayne Boudoir. That's ridiculous. Do you reckon there's but chopstick police? Yes. Policing chopstick use. Everybody has a job in China, there you go. But Will, you are correct for once on this note. Most disposable chopsticks are softwood or bamboo. So that's about 100 square miles, or the area of Queens in New York, of trees or bamboo, or 50,000 tonnes. Imagine trucks of chopsticks lined up end to end for 30 miles. That's quite an incredible amount of chopsticks. Oh. Well, I'm about. about the trucks. Like, <laughs> yeah. hey, you know. So, no chopsticks in your restaurant? No. Good for you. Not I like that. Stand on your ground. Yeah. Anti-chopstick. <laughs> okay, marvellous. Uh, well, I hope listeners got some of that right. I'm sure some of you did. Hey, yeah, uh, China Jedi topic time. Ting ba dong, you got it all right. Now, Will, um, apparently we've had a... Now, another of our listeners, uh, this one's from Nanning. Oh, Guangxi province, I think. Nanning. Marvellous. It's always good to know we have listeners spread all around China. And not that just is good. Side of China. Yeah, marvellous. So, uh, a question sent in from Miss Anita Man in Nanning, Guangxi province. And Miss Anita Man says this. Whilst eating, why do so many Chinese speak with their mouths full and make so much sucking chewing and strange kissing noises again whilst eating why do so many chinese speak with their mouths full and make so much sucking chewing and strange kissing noises now before we discuss this do we think that there's something in this um you know is this something more that you see living in china 14 years and back home um the chinese like to shall we say express their eating uh, a lot more than maybe the west or cello Okay, uh, first, uh, can you repeat the last question in a proper English? Because uh, your English for me, you know, I'm Italian. And uh, i got to give you this. Say Very nice. Again. You are the first guest we've ever on, had on here who's asked to repeat the question of the week again, which apparently you should have probably prepared for before you came on the podcast. Um, but anyway, here we go, Marcello. At least you arrived on time. <laughs> Unbelievable. Um, whilst eating, eating, yeah. 
Why do so many Chinese Chinese Not people? Not this I understand. Okay, but great. There is one point that speak the... with their mouthfuls. So I guess when they're uh, eating, yeah, yeah, uh, sure. okay. you, um, and they make apparently so much uh, noise, Got chewing, it. sucking, and kissing. That's okay. I guess what it is. Think Balama. Mimba. Excellent. Okay. So what do you think about this? Load of rubbish. Anita man. She's okay, on the moon. Uh, but this is, uh, uh, I heard, uh, is, yeah. is a way to even enjoy the food. Because uh, when the people eat together, maybe probably in the whole culture, the people don't eat, sit and shut. Like, uh, you don't want to, this is not the way to enjoy. You want to be with the friends. You want to talk, discuss, have fun. So probably this is the reason why the people talk during the eat. Because uh, uh, now, probably in the modern culture, even the father, mother say, "Eh, don't talk when you eat uh, with the children." But uh, if you are with a group of friends, uh, you go out for dinner in the restaurant. O of course, you don't talk with the, the mouth full. But for sure, during the dinner, you enjoy the time. You want to talk with your friends. You want to. So probably is uh, is a way also to they use to to enjoy the time together. They use for for uh, enjoy the food, uh, something like this. Also, personally, mm, this is something I don't meet too much because in my restaurant, it don't happen too much. I, I never, probably, I'm in the kitchen, so I don't, I, don't, <laughs> I don't follow every single table. The friends I have, uh, I never heard the sounds like this because uh, probably something more in the, I don't know what to say, but uh, yeah. some friends, some people with good manner, they don't do this, and they know they don't have to do this. Have you so. noticed the difference between living, because you lived in Beijing for quite yeah. some time, have you noticed the difference between um, northern Chinese and southern Chinese in this regard? Uh, maybe northern, in, in Beijing is more common. Mm. Before, before I used to go outside more for eating the Chinese restaurant. I did also here in Zhuhai before I opened the restaurant, and probably I heard more in, in the north in the north of China, something like this, uh, more common, but also probably is, uh, is um, more common by the older people. Mm -hmm. With the young people now, the tendency is uh, to be more good manner. I don't know. Funny, because here, the researchers will give me some stuff to look at. Apparently, this couple of people say that it's actually more pronounced in the south. Wow. Um, this kind of making noise as opposed to Beijing, yeah, but, but who knows? It's generalizations, but because I go out less when I'm in the south. When uh, I was in Beijing, yeah. I go out so probably for me. But I think going, I mean, I'll pick you up on this, Will. Um, listen to Marcello. To me, it sounds like what Anita is 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 actually questioning isn't really happening that much. It's not something that he's observed much in his restaurant or, or whereabouts. But uh, what about for you? Um, has this been something that you know that you've? Personally, I've just noticed that um, northern Chinese people, both male and female, tend to speak with their mouth open when they're chewing. Um, or, but not well, people in sorry, the south. Tend to chew with their mouth open. Yeah. Um, it, it, ha it seems to happen less down there. Okay, interesting. Yeah. But um, I, I think I, I, I like the whole idea of the cultural sharing of the food and, and having a good discussion while you're sitting around a table together. I like that. And I think that that's something that I've seen a lot of yeah. in China. Um, and I know in, in, certain, in certain societies around the world, like if, especially for eating noodles, you're supposed to slurp the noodles. So Japan, you get the for example, exactly. they have the Japan, yeah. very much so, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, definitely. I've noticed that um, here, too. And I think probably the reason why you hear it more 
in that regard down in southern China is because the the food in southern China is more noodle based, yes. whereas northern China. Uh, well, sorry, no, actually that's not true. But rice is in the north. Rice is in. It's, it's uh, well, uh, depends. No, rice is down south. We're yeah, about. rice is south. south. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and then yeah. it's more sort of noodle based. But that's a point. Yeah, you've got the noise so, of the water with, yeah, the, with yeah, the noodles. Yeah. yeah. I got north and south mixed up. That's good. Adulting. I can do yeah. it. It is, it but, is uh, Sunday and it's, it is rather early. <laughs> uh, we can let you off. But uh, hang on. Back on to Marcello. So mm. Mm, what we're saying is then, and in Japan too, the, the, the louder you slurp, <laughs> the more tastier it is, yeah? Well, yeah. It yeah. apparently aerates it like wine. Right. So <laughs> from my experience yeah. then, Chinese food must be always constantly tasting. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. But I'm not beating around the bush that's, here. That's um, I tell you this: I grew up in England and quite strict mm. around the table, um, and this was the rule, you know, that you eat with your mouth shut mm. and you don't put too much on your fork, um, and you chew and you finish and you never speak until you've you finished your mouthful. Um, and of course, there's many other things that that goes in what my, the etiquette in my family was. Um, coming to China. Uh, for me, that's completely, uh, from what I can see on the ground and all the Chinese uh, that I've eaten with, completely, uh, from high-level business to, to, right. to just you know, mums, uh, whatever, um, uh, kids. Uh, it's just, to me, that idea of eating with your mouth shut um, uh, and, and actually not making noise, mm-hmm. too much noise, is, is not here. Um, that's not to say it's wrong um, or it's right, but it's just not here. Mm. Um, so... Uh, a couple of examples. I was uh, with a friend the other day. Went to a Japanese restaurant, and uh, she ordered um, mashed potato. Unfortunately, um, mashed potato listeners, if you ever eat mashed potato in front of someone opening your mouth, it is quite ghastly. It's um, like some cream or pus is yes. coming out. And I actually, I actually couldn't finish. I couldn't finish my meal, so I had to dab it. It was it was just quite rosy. Um But anyway, um, that's just the way it is. And of course, I would never say anything um, until one time uh, my eye. We had an eye once, and um, she used to eat sometimes with us in the evening. And you know, I come home from work, and what I didn't want to listen to. It's my house. This is our rules here. I don't want to listen to. It was. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I can't do it, Will. Yeah. I don't no, want that. Uh, um, you know, again, nothing wrong or right, but the way I've been raised, yeah. I, I don't want to listen to that noise. Um, however much he's enjoying it. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so um, we put an end to that uh, in, in a nice diplomatic uh, British way. You shot her. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Will, please. Yeah. On the podcast. Um, he's only joking. So um, there is definitely something in this. Uh, Marcello... Let's read a few things here uh, that a few people have said, Chinese people as well. Um, So this guy, William Huang, um, is Cantonese. I think it has to do more with the way people are raised. Uh, I'm Cantonese and my parents always made it a point to not chew with my mouth open. Um, I think it boils down to the parents' teachings and whether or not they've taught etiquette. Okay. Usually my parents refer to these people as people with gagao. Yeah which is translated to mean family-taught teachings. That's a good one, listeners. Gargao. So the ones who are loud, obnoxious, discourteous, unappreciative, or not very thoughtful of others would be gargao. Okay. Um, okay, so that's, you know, maybe an extreme view. Some people could resonate with that. So a pleb. Uh, <laughs> I haven't used that word for so long. Lovely, <laughs> lovely. Yes, proper plebs. Uh, but of course, we're just 
saying it from someone else saying it. It's yes. not really our opinion. No, no. Uh, okay. Um, so the reason why this person, eating and fulfilling and satisfying the hunger has long been a very important aspect in the mm. Chinese culture. And you know, you go back 40 odd years, there was problems with becoming well, not hungry. Not hungry. Yeah. <laughs> um, where now there's food everywhere in abundance. Right. So why not enjoy yeah. it while it lasts? Yeah. yeah. Um, and if you've got to make noise doing that, well, fair enough. Your country, your rules, <laughs> we have to obey. When in Rome, mm. do as Rome does. When in Juhai, do as Juhai does. Mm. God, we're philosophical. <laughs> we're yes, deep, deep, deep. Um, <laughs> to show the appreciation, Marcello, you were saying, and the delicate cuisine, we present it by making chewing noises to show it. Even when drinking hot tea, for instance, the louder we make, the more it indicates the, sa- the savour of, um, of the tea. When you, as a foreigner, spotted such an act from your Chinese friends, employees or relationship partners, it would be lovely to give some tolerance instead of hiding it in your thoughts and blaming for such bad manners. Mm-hmm. A little bit of nudge quickly to him or her would be highly appreciated. So, you know, next time, just whack them on the head. <laughs> That's the China Jedi way. Um, cultural confrontations. When you are together with a Chinese person, oh, this is interesting, and you experience such a thing, don't give it a judgment first. Mm, Which yeah. I, I think we've been I a like lot that. of things here that we break down. That's a good point, yeah? yeah sure. The important thing to understand is that we do not do it on purpose. I guess this is making the noises and opening your mouth with mashed potato. It has never been an intention for such misbehaviour act in the Western culture. Kindly present your point of view and always give a quick hint to us again instead of keeping all your prejudices to yourself. Yeah... <laughs> It is what it is, yeah? It's certainly not rude. It, from the mind of someone that does it, I'm sure there is no... Um, well, of the, course, yeah. Yeah, there's no intent to be rude. Mm. So we should really be thinking there's no intent that why they're being rude. Yeah, yeah. yeah. As well, I feel like... Of course, we live in this country for so long and now we know and... Mm-hmm. I think we, we, we have a... We should have a tolerance for this now. Mm. Because... I, Probably if you just arrive in China, you get surprised. But after we are here so long, we live uh, together with uh, all Chinese friends, everybody together. So I nearly don't notice this anymore. Mm. Are you a slurper? Me? No. <laughs> okay. Because, you know, when in Rome, as Rome does, I mean... Well, I know you like to do a bit of spitting and chucking food on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> I do slurp noodles. I will slurp the noodle. Slurp not, not tea. Not necessarily tea, but... Yeah. So you're a slurper, yeah? Of noodles, yes. Hey, maybe try slurping a tea then. Let me know how it goes. Okay, well. Mm, Marvellous. Um, this is an interesting point, a bit of history. During the chaotic society after the end of the Qing dynasty, okay, so early 1900s, people eradicated Chinese traditions. And during the Cultural Revolution, yeah. the extirpation of our culture was in its peak. And as a result, the noise while eating, a blatant infraction of Chinese tradition etiquette, came into prevalence. Yeah. Now, what does that say? So in the time of the dynasty, maybe there was more etiquette and then uh, a common behaviour around how you mm. used to eat, and that's being lost, apparently. Interesting yeah. point of view to take. Mm-hmm. Of course, uh, we don't know exactly the truth, but something um, to think about there. Um, cultural differences, just like chopsticks, all 45 billion of them, mm. to forks, it's eating and talking while eating. That's just the culture here. Yeah. Um, again, it's a difference in etiquette. Generally, East Asian countries don't consider eating loudly to be offensive. I completely uh, concur mm-hmm. with that. Um, slurping food and tea also cools down the broth faster, so there's a practical reason for it. I did not know that. I blow on, blow on a soup, don't you, though? <laughs> I, they, that's, <laughs> sure, we do that. Uh, we do that, yeah. But that's definitely a practical... 
Yeah. I remember I was taught as a kid, goes too far really, when you pick the spoon up, because you know there's a particular spoon for soup, yeah, it's a bit deeper, <laughs> you eat it, you don't just shove it all in, you no. actually, you know, mm-hmm. and yeah, suck yeah. it up. Yeah, yeah. Right. That, is, that is true. Yeah. But again, not too noisily. You produce some kind of cold wind inside right. your mouth, it's yeah, cooled yeah. down, like, yeah, it's true. true. I was in a subway in the early days of subway coming through in China, the sandwich shop, yeah. and the guy was eating the subway like he was sipping soup. It was quite incredible. I was amazed. I actually wanted to ask him, how do you do it? <laughs> yeah. You know, I think it's a skill. Yeah. Yeah. How are you not choking right now? <laughs> yeah. A gold medal. How to eat a subway like soup. Yeah. Brilliant. Okay, well, funny enough, you know you say you've got used to it, right? So there's been a few studies. Because I haven't really got used to it. Well, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I tolerate. I tolerate it um, because I've met a lot of people that eat with their mouth open now, so... Yeah, mm. I guess you've got to kind of, what I should have done with the mashed potatoes, just look down and just carried on eating. Yeah, just, diplomatic. Yes. Just put a, a hand by their face, just be like, gently, just, <laughs> well, I'm sorry, I'm listening, I'm listening. <laughs> you, could, you could say to them, hey, look at that person over there. So they turn around and quickly eat something. No, apparently, nobody likes hearing something, crunch, someone crunching their food. But for some, it's more than just an annoyance. Yeah. The sound triggers a full flight or fight nervous response. Wow. These people have a rare condition called misophonia. Wow. Yeah, that makes them extraordinarily sensitive to everyday sounds. And new research, China Jedi listeners, confirms that their brains really are wired differently. For a study published this week, which I guess is in the last few weeks, in the journal Current Biology, scientists scanned the brains of 20 people with misophonia and 22 without. All participants listened to unpleasant sounds, including screaming, neutral sounds like rain, and what people considered their trigger sounds, like certain eating or breathing sounds. <laughs> Nobody enjoyed the annoying sounds. Okay, that's the point. Nobody enjoyed it. Right. Um, where am I? But when people with misophonia heard their trigger noises, they started sweating and their heart rates went up. Wow. Yeah. There's something to think about in the restaurant trade, Marcello. So you say, uh, we welcome misophoniacs. Right, yeah. Headphones provided? Headphones. Earmuffs. Earmuffs provided. Earplug. Yeah, yeah. Okay, marvellous. Well, I think there's some good little tidbits to take from that. Anything else you'd like to say on that, gentlemen? I'm happy. Marvellous. Okay, well, let's slurp and um, trigger away (laughs) to uh, Jingle Jangle John Wen. I wanted to make it real simple. Okay, and jingle jangle jong wen. How's your Chinese, Marcello? Your Italian Chinese? It's, uh, it's good enough to understand the yeah. taxi driver and uh, buy something in the grocery. Practical stuff, yeah. yeah. Uh, and of course, in the kitchen, you're in the kitchen. You don't have to do much talking, do you? Or do you no, use chefs? Huh? To the chefs, you have to talk to somebody or... No, they talk English. They speak English with me. Okay, perfect. Mm. Okay, so give us a situation then, or a bit of Chinese that you use a lot, or you hear a lot. Uh, yeah, give us a situation and let's uh, break it down. But uh, actually what I noticed, because I, before I mentioned I work with the clothes, so many mm. times you talk with a factory who produce clothes, mm. and you go there and you say, hey, I want to do this, you have? They tell you, yes, I have. And then, every time, they don't tell. It's always like this. So basically, to me, it sounds like uh, to get a customer, they have everything. Mm -hmm. But then, 
when is the moment to take out the, the, the product, they don't have it. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, we start with Woyo and we end up with Tiboche. Uh, <laughs> okay, okay, okay. That's a good one. As so this is like in a factory setting, yeah, like a more commercial thing. Yeah, yeah. Well, maybe a market because I find a lot of people in China. If I ask them for something, the word is mail. So it's the other way around. Right. Yeah. So basically, what you're saying is uh, war, yo. So war, I and yo to have. Yeah. So I have. Yeah. So they always say I have, and then when you ask them. Okay, share this is was in the working environment, clearly. It's not like uh, in, the day, in the daily life. Actually, what I heard many times in the daily life, it's just mm. Like, you're yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even stranger you meet around, the girl cleaning the, the, the downstairs, they ask you if you're ready to eat. Yes, yes, that's a good We've, we've talked about that before, yeah, yeah for sure. So, so, Will, this word we're breaking down then is... Um, uh, Woyo. Yeah, that's just Woyo then, yeah. yeah. So quite a simple one, but a, a good one. I mean, if you go around in China going Woyo, 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 <laughs> it means you're open and receptive and you're yeah. ready to go and um, give things to people. Yeah. I have, yeah? yeah? Yeah, I guess it's also like a, it's a metaphorical sense of I have it. Yes, I, I have it. I have the ability to have it. Yeah. I don't have it now. <laughs> Salesperson, good, good thing for sales, yeah? Yeah. Um, so if someone comes to your restaurant and they go, do you have pasta? Curry, they ask me yes. curry. Curry, why you I let the guy sit for you, I do this. <laughs> and then uh, I give something else. Yeah. Or, uh, oh, sorry, I don't have, but you can take something else. So it's a good point for let the customer in. Right, yeah. actually we, you and I were, uh, Chris and I were at a restaurant the other day and I believe, was it your wife or was it... Um, someone else ordered a plate of sushi and they brought out something else. Yes. It just without even mentioning it. Yes, they, yes. they were like, oh, we don't have that. We'll just substitute it without <laughs> asking with something that you don't eat and don't require or want. Like, because that's like, fun. Yeah. 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 And this is uh, what is behind the concept of I am. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, understand, I understand they're not trying to do that. They're just trying to say, hey, look, I've taken the, I've taken the initiative to say, you know, look, I'll still provide you with something. But they've just skipped over the pleasantries of deciding whether or not you actually want what they've given you. <laughs> yes. Uh, yes, there is a gap in between there, which I would say the bridge would be service. But again, mm. that's, uh, that's yeah. from, again, coming from, you know, another right. thought, isn't it? It's a bit like the etiquette. This mm. is a different way things are done here. So uh, let's all go around then. Uh, what, y'all? What, y'all? What, y'all? Okay, marvellous. <laughs> let's, uh, let's have a joke. The great joke of Jongwa. There's some following the sign Great joke of John Wall then. Um, hopefully this is quick and funny. Although I'm sure it probably isn't. Will, um, uh, uh, where is uh, the great joke of the great jokely John Gorey bitty today for me? It's none other than here. Yeah. Okay. Dumplings. Dumplings. Yeah. It's called dumplings. Uh, one day, <laughs> an American man came into a Chinese restaurant. As they do, he saw the most beautiful Chinese girl in the world. They conversed for a while. When it got late, they exchanged numbers. Her name was Fuck You. Okay? Yeah. The American called the restaurant looking for her. Her dad answered. Fuck You is very busy right now. She has my egg roll and dumplings in her mouth. Oh, gosh. Oh. 
Right, okay, enough of this. Uh, well, this is enough. After this, I don't want to do this joke of John War anymore. I, these translating Why are you jokes... telling me? Tell the, tell the crew in the back that yeah. I'm forcing you to. No, no, but I want you to support me. <laughs> okay, um, I agree. Because this is something that, that festered uh, as well, also with Anthony when we had some of these jokes. Cringing! Yeah. Um, I've never met a Chinese person called Fuck You no. um, before. Um, and if I do, um, well, I'll let you know, Will. I will ask what their family name is and <laughs> okay. call them Mr. or Mrs. or Mrs. Uh... Moving swiftly <laughs> on. Uh, Jedi, Sith of the Week. Oh, we chat, wait, shim, we chat, wait, shim, we chat, wait, shim, me. Yeah, Jedi, Sith of the Week. What should we go for first today? Jedi or the Sith, Will? Oh, um, let's go for Sith. Okay, Sith. Give me your Sith, Marcello. Something bad. Okay, uh, actually, I, I went to the hospital again, recover last week. Um, when was was uh, uh, last week again? Uh, because I, it's over one month. I have a pain, strong pain in my in my side. Okay. So they recovered me in the hospital for one night. I did a lot of examination, the CT machine, the scan of my body, all the tests. Yeah, and then I, I don't sleep all night because I was scary to find something. Course. So basically, this is the bad things happened to me. I see. And but was it all sorted? Did they find what they were looking for? I mean, we don't need to talk about it, of course. Don't want no. To. Now you have to ask me which one is the good. Oh. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, let's. Wa- okay. Hang on a minute. Uh, give me your sip. <laughs> Strangely, also a health-related one. Um, yesterday, <laughs> yesterday, I had some really out. weird sort of feeling. Like after lunch, uh, my heart started to flutter. Like. Did you go? Was this after you had lunch at his restaurant? No. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to do that to him. (laughs) Um, So yeah, so it was really, really frightening for for an afternoon. I was supposed to have a nap, and I couldn't. I couldn't sleep. I was too scared. Do you know what I reckon it was? Well, right now. Do you know what I reckon it was? It's all that tea you drink, mate. Oh, yeah, I did drink a new tea yesterday. Yeah. I did drink a new tea I had that one, I drank too, and that's what happened as well. It really does affect you. It's got a lot of stuff mm, in it. You should go easy on that. mm, Yeah. Okay, there you go. Um, right, Dr. Jedi. <laughs> Marvellous. Okay, uh, my uh, Sith. Semi-permanent road barriers. <laughs> what? Cast down them. You know, on the road, you know, in China, they like to build walls, don't they? It's mm. just a thing of control and putting everyone in different... A lot, you know. Yeah. yeah. So, um, I don't know if you've noticed, but the roads around here now, they put these plastic white railings in. Yeah. And it's really annoying if you're cycling as well. Yeah. It means the road's really tight yeah. when the cars come past on their mobile phones, not really looking that cyclists is there. So I don't think it helps. They're semi-permanent. Um, so semi-permanent road barriers, I'm totally anti them. Um, you know, there's a line in the road. that That's the way it should be. But of course, you'd say no, people drive all over them. Yeah. I just think there's too many of them. It's just and a you- guideline. It's not a rule to stay not killing people. Right, yeah. And you've, <laughs> I've even seen some of these semi-permanent road barriers being knocked out. Right. Yeah. So I don't even know they see them, even, mm-hmm. if they're, even if they're white. Anyway, semi-permanent road barrier manufacturers, I've got my eyes on you. Uh, right, Jedi. Hit me, Doctor. So the good one. Mm. Yeah. Uh, clearly, they don't have nothing. I'm very healthy. Hey, <laughs> I don't want to know how much no, you spend. No, but, yeah, but this is okay. It's a clear answer to that first uh, no, the good one happened that uh, actually we have uh, a, a friend who who worked together with the Black Panthers, which they are the the, the football school from the Grêmio from Brazil, 
And uh, since they work there, and the Gremio football uh, club is here in Juhai, okay. they bring all the football players in my restaurant. So mm, we have uh, nice. this uh, dinner with them. Lovely. And then next day we have this beautiful party with all the football players. Uh, and then next next day, which was uh, uh, Friday, we have a bar- barbecue in the, the office of the Black Panthers. So it was amazing. Three days with, together with this uh, Gremio football player. And next week uh, I'm going to watch the match because they are in July to play. Lovely. So it was really beautiful things happened to me last week. Gremio, I remember we used to have a play. I support Liverpool. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Lucas used to come. He came yeah. from Gremio. Lucas um, Leva is from Gremio. Yeah, yeah, wasn't the best player, to be honest, for Liverpool. But then, you know, it's good scribble. Um, but um, Black Panthers, what's that? A cult or something? They're, uh, they're uh, a group of coaching. Oh, okay, they, they're they, called the Black Panthers. They, yeah, they, co- co- they are Brazilian and they coach the children in many schools. I see them scared. Lovely. Like, okay, maybe Zach, my son, they, gets They, they go up. around to several schools to teach them and they are part of the Grêmio Brazil. Nice. My, Zach came back, my son, he said, mm-hmm. Dad, why is it my football coaches always change? Mm-hmm. I said, well, every week there's different ones. I said, well, that's their business model, son. You need to ask them about it. Yeah. He's like, oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, so go straight to the source, son. Straight to the source. Okay, um, so straight to the source for you, Will. Please give me your Jedi. I'm not dead. <laughs> and, and lovely or not, Will. Mm-hmm. Okay, marvellous. Uh, okay, uh, my Jedi, my Jedi is um, my sister Amber. Yeah, my the oldest of my two sisters. Who's actually getting married this weekend, or she's got married, or she is getting married right now to um, uh, Craig. Her, uh, her husband uh, so uh, congratulations to them really shame we couldn't be there uh, the wedding but we didn't get an invitation uh, <laughs> no we didn't get an invitation but due to work commitments and all those kind of things we're very far away it's difficult to take the whole troop of uh, monkeys over there to uh, maybe see. you make too much sound when you eat uh, oh yeah very good very good I certainly would do yes um, but as I said to her, her for her next wedding um, if she has another one uh, I'll be I'll be there for sure um Tongue-in-cheek, only joking. Okay, yes, lots of love to you both, and um, we wish you all the best in your new marriage life. Yes, it really is wonderful, isn't it, being married? Yes, it right, is. Right, um, <laughs> on we go uh, to, uh, hey, let's plug time. If you enjoy listening to the China Jedi podcast and want to get involved, either by asking a question, expressing your opinion, good or bad, light or dark, or even appearing as a special guest, then get in touch by emailing our team at info at chinajedi.com. That's info at chinajedi.com. May the smile be with you. So let's plug away then. Uh, something to promote um, in the community. Uh, come on, Marcello, hit me uh, with, uh, with something to promote in the, in the Zhuhai community, even the world. Yeah. I should promote my restaurant. Of course. Well, absolutely. Well, Come here on time, um, not know what the hell you're doing through the whole thing, and then promote <laughs> your own business. Absolutely marvellous. Carry on, yeah. No, actually, uh, yeah, okay, we talk about my, too much about my restaurant. No, come on, what's Hello? the name? What's the name of it? La, La Bottega. La Bottega. La Bottega in Huava Century. It's okay. Huava New Century. Oh, yeah. I have eaten there. I knew it. That wasn't like yesterday, a, though. I had some special gnocchi. It was really nice. Yes, gnocchi, very nice. Yeah, gnocchi, gnocchi, yeah. gnocchi, sorry. Yeah, it, it's really nice. I, I will also say, uh, please go and, and check it out. It's a nice, very like a cosy place. Not too big. Uh, yeah, quite. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 52 sitting between outside and inside, so it's not that big. And uh, it's good enough. It, it's, yeah. it's very nice. Of course, all the food is cooked by you. Yeah. You're literally there all the time, yeah, aren't all you? all the food is designed by me. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, 
uh, cook and I'm chef there and also we have the coffee shop which I invite you to try the best cappuccino you can have in China. This is a word from today from uh, Robert from BossFit, I think you know wow. him, which they, was there today and he said best cappuccino I have in China. Where, where is the coffee shop? In Mangrove Bay, just mm, below the Mangrove Bay Hotel. Okay, I didn't even know there was a hotel there. Uh, under the, the, the Mangrove Bay Hotel. Mangrove okay. Bay, Mango Bay is in between, uh, listen, it's Quaffer New Century and yes, uh, yes. Quaffer Newtown, where, yeah. where we are here in our studio. Uh, so it's in the middle and there's a hotel there. Well, there you go. Look at this, Will. We just love to promote, don't we? Yeah. China Life. I'll be there Monday. <laughs> okay, so we, Will was kind of hoping you'd bring some coffee today, but... Um, I'm right. <laughs> being late, you forgot. No, okay, <laughs> yeah. uh, lovely. Yes, yeah, so please, La Bottega. I think you should have called it Marcello's, but uh, there you go. Uh, that's just my opinion. Who cares about that? Uh, uh, Will. All right, I have to promote a friend of mine's um, uh, BJJ club in uh, Shanghai. It's called Warzone BJJ. And uh, the really nice thing, the reason I'm promoting it is because they actually have kids' classes. So the really nice thing is that they get these kids in there and they get them used to, um, especially for girls, they get them used to um, their own bodies, number one, and also manipulating somebody else's body so that they're not freaking out if they get jumped by someone or they're not being pushed around. So it's really good for kids. It increases ah, their self-confidence. Like self-defense? Yeah, yeah. So it's Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu um, and the club's called Warzone. You can find them on, um, on WeChat. And um, and I believe their website is just Warzone BJJ. Uh, what BJJ? Sorry, being the acronym uh, for uh, Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. Okay, I didn't know that. Okay, that's good to clear that up. There you go. BJJ. Yeah. Okay, marvelous. Great, great. Will. thanks for that. In Shanghai. Yeah, look that up if you are about there. Uh, and my plug is uh, another wonderful uh, documentary series, wildlife series this time. Mm -hmm. It talks about history of China, I think, a few episodes back. This one's called Wild China, BBC Six part series. They go all over China looking at wildlife. It's wonderful. Again, it just really brings you back to the, the amazingness um, of this country. Um, what's here if you look closely and more deeply. Yeah, so that's my Wild China BBC Wildlife Documentary six-part series. Let's get back into uh, Guess Who? I think you need a clue. We've got to remember. Right, Guess Who? You've got no idea. No, Let me give you no. a final clue, Will. No idea. Indeed. Okay, our Guess Who, whose interpretation of Confucianism has generally been considered the orthodox version by subsequent Chinese philosophers, especially by the Neo-Confucians of the Song Dynasty. His disciples included a large number of feudal lords, good customers, and he was actually more influential than Confucius had been. His book of his conversations with kings of the time is one of the four books that were grouped as the core of orthodox and Neo-Confucian thought. In contrast to the sayings of Confucius, which are short and self-contained, his consists of long dialogues, including arguments with extensive prose. Our guess who is none other than... No? Don't remember the name. No. Fuck you. <laughs> okay. Guess who? Listeners, is none other than the philosopher Mencius. Mencius. Worth looking up. Interesting chat. Mencius, yeah. M-E-N-C-I-U-S. Mm -hmm. um, Marcello, have you enjoyed being on China Jedi today? Very much. It was very funny, very interesting talking. We do some history. Mm. Very beautiful. A really. bit, bit of advice, um, just for you, from our past episodes, which I haven't listened to. Um, if I were you, and Will, I'm sure would agree, you should get to the restaurant now. Because once this, le this episode gets listened to, there's going to be queues. And they're not <laughs> the biggest 52, right? <laughs> yeah. Just to let you know, it's like, I want to no, bring us some more stuff. We open at 6 o'clock, so... 
There you go, six o'clock. Yes. Yeah, nice. six o'clock, like that. Uh, so did you do lunch? No. No, okay. We did before, but we are in short in staff, so for this month, so we stopped the lunch. Well, we might have to go for a free dinner then. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> now, uh, as always, we finish the pod, um, dear fellows, with the last Emperor's Song, original piece of music. We've got a, something in store for you today, Will, and listeners. This is actually an old band of yours in, in Italy, right? Yeah. Yeah, uh, called uh, Neo Nirico. Neo Nirico. Neo Nirico, yeah. And this uh, song's called Inside. Yeah. Yeah, Inside. Um, very, very old time ago. I, I quite like it, though. I, that kind of style, it's coming back. Um, your part in this, of course, Morris, or yes, Marcello, Morris, yeah. is you're the singer. Yes. Yeah. Any any other thing you're doing in, in this piece that we're about to play or no no, no just okay. singer. Nice. You really wouldn't know. You got a good good voice, and it's the Italianness. You know, seems to... after you listen, after many years, it really sounds. Uh, what is this? Oh, really? I did this. Oh. That's exactly what <laughs> I said when I listened to it. Now, Gianna, this is um, Inside by Neo Nirico. Yeah. <laughs> With Italian pronunciation. Mucho grazie. This is China Jedi people.
Thank you for listening to the China Jedi podcast, shining humor, love, and light on Chinese life. May the smile be with you.